Welcome to Liven and Marcelo's Criminology Podcast, a podcast hosted by Marcelo Aevi from the University of Lausanne, Switzerland, and Liven Powers from Ghent University, Belgium. We aim to draw a map of the state of criminology across Europe through the words of contemporary criminologists. How is criminology defined and taught? Which are the main lines of research? Which are the main schools of thought in each country? These and many other questions are answered here by fellow researchers who share their vision on the development of criminology in their countries from its beginnings to the second decade of the 21st century. If you want to know and compare their stories, stay tuned. Today we are interviewing Klaus Beers. Klaus Beers is professor of criminology at the University of Münster in Germany. Formerly, he held research and teaching positions at the universities of Tübingen and at the Technical University of Dresden. This interview was conducted on the 25th of May 2021. Welcome, Klaus. It's nice to see you again. So we, you know that this this podcast, podcast tries to study the history and the contemporary situation of criminology across uh, Europe, going uh, country by country, if possible, interviewing different persons from the same country to have different views. So uh, it's basically about the situation of criminology today and how it developed throughout time. But uh, as um, as Levin can explain, uh, uh, the history of Germany is quite a uh, complicated history in terms of criminology and different times. So we will not go through all the history, but try to concentrate more on the situation, uh, the current situation, and maybe the, the developments probably after World War II that, and, and also after the break of the world that, that lead to the current situation. So can you, um, can we start by, um, can we can start after World War II? Yeah. Before World War II, um, so with the Nazi regime, um, the general, the general excourse that we had, and exclusion from uh, from the scientific, from the scientific area in Germany, that was also a tool for criminology. I mean, the Nazis followed racist line of of thinking, and um, there was actually no criminology. It was occupied by also penal lawyers, who were in favor of the Nazi ideology and did also some criminological research, which was this racist uh, biological, in, in this racist uh, biological tradition. So actually, um, as in, I think in all academic areas and disciplines, criminology lost also uh, the connection to the international development during the Nazi time. And after the, after the, after the war, I would say, um, so criminology emerged again in the late 50s, beginning 60s, and this was mainly uh, in the etiological tradition and even more in the traditional offender criminology. So um, uh, it was strongly influenced by the thinking of forensic psychiatrists and their practical empirical knowledge. So in, in a sense, psychiatry was the reference discipline that time. So criminology has always reference disciplines. And so it was a more psychiatric, uh, etiological tradition. And um, these are, but 
um, there was an understanding that um, for the uh, for the necessity of criminological research in society and, and, and politics, and in the academic um, in the um, in in the, in the university. Uh, strategies and so the first two chronological institutes were founded. Um, they were university institutes but and were connected to the law faculties but they were quite independent. They were founded in Tübingen and Heidelberg and they were guided by psychiatrists uh, or by directors who were psychiatrists and lawyers so had a training in, in, in forensic psychiatry, psychiatry, medical training, forensic psychiatry were specialized in that and in law. And um, that was uh, Göppinger in Tübingen uh, Tübing and Leferenz in, uh, in, in, um, in Heidelberg. No? In the late 60s, um, only in the late 60s, and that is much different from the development in America, so we can say so. So the, the big turn was the paradigm shift was with Sutherland. No? Um, crime is um, not inherited but learned and so on. That he came up with these ideas in the 1920s, 30s already. And um, so soci sociology came stronger into play mainly via critical criminology and uh, became more and more influential. That was um, yeah, in the 60s, as everybody knows, the big discussion, also the big divide in 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 in, in many academic uh, social science disciplines and in the society at all, and also in criminology, and um, sociology became more influential. Means um, that uh, we had now in the universities uh, the the professorships for criminology became more interested in criminology, but also um, the, um, the uh, following foundations of criminological institutes, the um, uh, Max Planck Institute in Freiburg, and also later on the um, Criminological Research Institute of Lower Saxony in Hanover. They, I would say there were sociology and social psychology oriented from the beginning. And not only in the etiological perspective, but also in an interactionist perspective. So they integrated both perspectives more and more. Um, so, and one can say, but one of the big problems was there, there was a shift in, 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 in the theoretical and conceptual orientation to so sociology and um, social psychology, but this didn't was not reflected institutional uh, in, institutionally. So there were only uh, a few uh, faculties of sociology and uh, psychology um, who appointed professorships for uh, for social problems, delinquency, and social control. That was only a few, and um, so we had always the traditional, I mean, this is a continental tradition mm -hmm. that um, actually um, in, in, in so different from the development in the United States, that actually the institutionalization of criminology was still within the law faculties. And um, pre predominantly the academic institutionalization was uh, at the law schools 
uh, and as a rule with only one professorial uh, position um, who was usually a lawyer and um, and one could say so beginning in the 1980s um, with an additional qualification in social and behavioral sciences so that was new that they actually uh, they qualified mainly um, during their dissertation they, they qualified to a social or behavioral scientists they're not only lawyers anymore so only lawyers uh, so penal lawyers no? mm -hmm. and and um, so and, and they got a qualification in, in, in uh, not only in, in, in criminological theory but generally in social and psychological uh, psychological theories and also in what is very important in uh, in methodology no? and within the last 10 years it became more and more difficult for law faculties to recruit lawyers lawyers with this additional qualification in social and behavioral sciences and uh, therefore some of the anyway not too frequent criminological professorships found a stronger criminal law orientation so actually there were not enough qualified criminologists applying for this position uh, they appointed well they appointed um, uh, scholars who who are more mainly mainly oriented to penal law and have have interests in criminal policy and criminology and today still one can say that in in the yeah in the faculties for sociology and psychology and educational sciences um, they 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 still neglect social problems delinquency and social control there are no specialized prof professorial positions for that and this is one reason the situation we have a big problem with um, get, getting qualified so empirically and um, qualified criminologists which are attractive for law schools and um, so qualified in social sciences and behavioral sciences and um, so this is the reason why in beginning in, in, in 2010 we, we started talking about the crisis of criminology of crisis of German criminology and um, so far this is actually yeah um, one, one can add to this are uh, two two things what we see at the moment is so in this crisis situation which is still um, existent currently existent we have big problems to find um, good qualified successors in, 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 in the uh, full prof positions. And I would say also the law faculties are actually interested in getting, more interested today in getting our empirically qualified criminologists, but they have, but they need criminologists who, are, who have a training in law because this is the only position and they need some people for doing or for taking the state exam and um, in, in law in uh, so that is criminal law uh, sometimes well if they are only four professors in or three uh, for um, for the whole penal sciences uh, 
it's not possible for the criminologist to do only criminology. I mean, here in Münster, I'm in a privileged situation. This is a this is a chair only for uh, uh, criminology, and we have two or three more still of these. But mostly, this is a combination of criminology and penal law, and they have also to teach in in, in, in criminal law and so the law dogmatics, now black letter. Um, uh, bl black letter law and um, so but what we see now is and what is in a sense new within the last 10 years is that academic sociologists and psychologists who are specialized in quantitative methodology or analytical sociology uh, became interested in delinquency became interested in delinquency research and um, so what we see is a um, cooperation with so to speak, juridical criminologists, so who have a law, uh, training as lawyers, and and we see a cooperation with um, uh, criminologists from the law schools, and which um, results in some high-level interdisciplinary research. I mean, this this is actually original interdisciplinary research because uh, um, a lawyer comes together with a with a social scientist and then they 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 carry out a research project and we see this high level in life course panel studies so we have two two or three of this we see this in economic crime so uh, we have some some good studies on corruption and um, we have also now some some studies on radicalization and extremism so uh, so this is um, what we see, and um, a second development is that qualified social and um, behavioral scientists are teaching criminology at uh, police academies. So, so they are some of the post postdocs coming from some uh, quantitative or empirical research projects, and they 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 got they got appointed uh, as professors. Um, at police academies, and um, they are teaching on a on a on a on a well adequate high level of modern criminology, and we see them also. But that was also earlier, already earlier, in the academies for social work. Last thing is that we have now uh, some networking going on. So, for example. What we try to do is to bring together social scientists, or we try to bring together academic scholars who are interested in, 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 in chronological uh, research, so in the research of crime and delinquency and social control. And um, so in some networks, you bring them together from the police academies, from governmental institutions, uh, practitioners, and, um, the, and, and from the university, it's not only what was 20, 30 years ago, when you went to a to a national or a regional meeting, the criminologists came from the law schools, but now from the law faculties, they are coming also from sociology and and psychology and so on. So, this is in brief the development. Mm -hmm. That's a very interesting development, um, which shows parallels with the international um, growing. Um, Awakening of interdisciplinarity. Now you talk about this specific German crisis. Um, I don't think it's specific German, but maybe it's um, more visible in, in Germany than in some other countries. Um, the fact that um, criminology professors were or are, and um, to a certain extent, uh, professors of law and or uh, psychiatry, as indeed um, 
some some limitations. If you look at it from an interdisciplinary point of view, you said that there is um, or there always has been a long tradition also of uh, sociologists studying deviants, mm. uh, probably also before um, this German crisis. So how did these um, different schools found each other? Yeah, um, I mean, I would say in the 70s and 80s, so what we um, what we observed or when, when, when we were looking around. So uh, what, what can you do as an alternative to the traditional offender criminologists? Um, you actually found more or less you, well, this resulted in, in, in getting, getting in contact to, to critical criminology, contract, con constructivist criminology. And they were also quite successful. They founded an own institute in in Hamburg and so with the with the um, uh, two uh, um, two teaching programs continuing education now they have also the one in, on international criminology and um, so Fritz Sack was the one who uh, who initiated that and he also I mean he brought uh, the reception of um, of the labeling approach and critical criminology to Germany at the end of the 60s and beginning the 70s and um, what developed then more and more also was a sociology of, of, of crime so um, it's not only the constructivist perspective it, I mean even we know that in, in, in the United States the ideological tradition is much stronger in sociology but that came over more and more and so um, those people who were researching then uh, from a sociological or social, social uh, psychological perspective um, and did research from these perspectives also combined more and more both perspectives. So today I would say, so me personally, I would say modern criminology cannot be etiological criminology alone on its own. It can also not be interactionist criminology on its own. So the, the, um, the, the real uh, way, way forward is analytical and a systematic combination and integration of both perspectives. And this is, I would say, today also in research, um, well, the main line of research is in combining both perspectives. And uh, fortunately, we, um, we are out of this more ideological uh, uh, struggles and 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 uh, and quarrels, um, but we have still we have still uh, two professional um, um, uh, societies, mm -hmm. and um, but this is um, I mean in, in the traditional society was the the criminologische Gesellschaft, the society of German speaking. Um, criminologists, so including the Austrian and Swiss and, and the Germans, and this was in the beginning in the 70s and 80s very strongly dominated by this um, traditional offender view and so on. And, and uh, on the other hand, and then uh, a, a, uh, another society was was founded then because they were unable actually to talk with, with each other. And, um, and this is still uh, um, S still the, the situation today that we have two societies, but I would say that in the traditional society, um, the perspective is now much broader. So people who are there, um, who are members there, 
um, uh, not only on offender criminology or etiological questions, but we, well, there are a lot of psychiatrists also, and so, but today a psychiatrist, forensic psychiatrist, is not comparable to the traditional one. So they mm. are doing much more modern research. And, and um, so also we have, as a me personally, I think Hans-Jürgen Kanner too, uh, Klaus Hesse, they, they, they are members in both societies. Mm. We tried also to, to integrate both, but it was um, not possible. So at the moment there's no, um, no actually no, engagement, involvement in, in bringing together both societies. Just one one thing, there, a few days ago, uh, we uh, made an interview with Candido D'Agra, and he was telling us how criminology developed in the last 40 years. So when he got his PhD in Belgium and then went back to Portugal, and he said, I needed to create a program so that I have later uh, professors produced there and so he created a course in criminology and with time he developed uh, an undergraduate a graduate and then a doctor a phd uh, program eh? with this he is producing now um, uh, professors let's say he already retired from the university of porto but he has somehow institutionalized the the field and they are producing persons i have the impression that uh, in Germany, nobody took that lead. I know the two examples we can discuss of uh, uh, Frieda Dünkel in uh, Greifswald and uh, and you mentioned already Fritz Sack, but there was not a big, I think that the, the problem that you're having that you don't have um, candidates for the positions is that no one wanted to take the lead and create a strong uh, criminology department because there is a contradiction in the number uh, Germans attend the EST conference, which is a very high number among the, the, the top five, mm. and the institutionalization of criminology. What happened there? Now, the first thing I would say, I mean, criminology is a social science, and if you want to really institutionalize it, it, it should be hosted at least for significant, remarkable, remarkable amount, up to a, a significant amount within the within the faculties of, of, of social and behavioral sciences. That's the first thing. The second thing, traditionally, the qualification, the promotion for professorship uh, went, um, so started after the postdoc or, well, in a sense, with the doctoral dissertation. So that was actually um, um, when you were a trained lawyer, during the doctor dissertation, and hopefully it was an empirical dissertation, you learned um, you learned the skills. You learned just the, the social science, empirical skills, and it was learning by doing. It was not only learning by doing. So when I, I mean, this is also my development, and and this started with. Uh, well, just one generation before me. So Klaus Sesser was one of these guys, and Hans-Jürgen um, Hans Kerner was one of these guys, and um, Hans-Jörg Albrecht and Frieda Dünkel. So this, they are actually so my my uh, scientific um, uh, older brothers, if you want to, to to see it like this. And th th this in in their um, self education. And, and there's their interest in, in criminology, you can see the shift from a um, the traditional offender psychiatric orientation to a, a modern social social scientific um, uh, orientation. And but and then the qualification went over 
uh, after the, the postdoc situation, then the, 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 what we have in Germany, the professorial rehabilitation, the professorial dissertation, the habilitation, which is a promotion to professorship. So it went over this and it won't, it went within, well, research projects or you had a certain research project that was a qualification. And good is if you have um, if you have research funds, then you can hire um, then you can hire uh, young scholars and qualify them. So it wasn't actually a, a, a sole, a pure academic development. It was not in teaching. And also, as I see, so um, the research institutes um, were also not very successful uh, within the last years in producing professors. So, and um, and the same was true. I mean, we have three uh, three teaching programs now that Hamburg and uh, for uh, so I, I told you already more in the interactionist uh, perspective, and in Bochum, Thomas Feldes um, initiated a master program in uh, criminology and police sciences, and um, which is very attractive actually for police officers to go there. They want to have an academic degree, not only the degree of the police academy, so a university degree, and um, and also I we have one in Regensburg, which is on South Germany in Bavaria, which is on uh, criminology and 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 violence research, but I don't know very much about it. Yeah, and in Greifswald, Frieda Dünkel also set up, which is more on. Uh, criminology and law enforcement, penal law enforcement. That problem As, disappeared. Disappeared, no? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, this disappeared. And so, but from there, um, we couldn't um, expect um, postdoc uh, people who will become professors. There was not. Yeah, would, but no, but for example, from the program of Greifswald, uh, you have, I don't know her first name, if it's Ineke, but the family name is Pruin. Yeah, Ineke Prun is in in, in yeah, the, 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 she is in Bern, at the University of Bern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have also regular law training. So the this so from from Greifswald, there three um, uh, were promoted. Uh, that was um, Kirsten Drenkan. Uh, she's now has a full professorship at the F Freie University in uh, Free University in Berlin, and is the president of the uh, German Probation uh, Society. And Ineke uh, Prun, who is in, in Basel, is it a kind of associate or assistant professorship? And um, uh, Christina Morgenstern, who is who's still in, um, in, um, uh, in Greifswald. And, um, but she, she doesn't have a professorship. So, um, and yeah, this is maybe one example, yeah. I, I was wondering what happened there, why there was no interest in creating this? Um... The, the, the problem is, um, if you look at Hamburg, the, the, the long-standing program among the German uh, teaching programs for criminology, they have one for continuing education. These are people who have a degree in social work or in psychology and want to do something in criminology so they can do this. And um, so um, they get a master in criminology, but uh, so the, the, they need to have a bachelor or a master in, in another discipline. And uh, some of them appear then in, um, well, in the police area, some of them in, in, uh, in uh, 
in, in probation and in, in the probation thing, there are a lot of social workers doing this continuation, uh, continuing education because they can can qualify and can can get better positions than in the uh, in the probation system and in, in, in the social working system. And um, but this is actually, as far as I see, it's not an academic promotion program so that which produces uh, generates uh, professorships and um, in a sense um, usually the promotion to a professorship runs over research and I mean we do not actually not need theoretical I mean if there's a genius in in theoretical chronology okay <laughs> we will accept it but what we need is actually empirical technology so in a sense it's an analytical science no theory and theory testing and um, so if we need pro and, and also this is interesting in the law schools they are not so much interested in in theoreticians so crime theoreticians mm -hmm. they are interested in empirical chronology because as lawyers they are dogmatics and so and they want to have if they want to have the beef, they want to want to know what is going on, and um, the more this is theoretically uh, uh, um, based and um, that this is uh, 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 theoretically underpinned, the more they will accept it because it's not just you know some multifactorial research, but um, uh, but in, in first instance, what they want is uh, to, uh, an, an empirical criminologist. Mm -hmm. But also in, in, in um, educational programs of, of law, you see an increasing realization that also um, students of law and PhD students of law should learn about empirical methods. So this changing climate may probably also affect the future generation of also law professors as they will probably increasingly become, I mean, aware of, of using either qualitative or quantitative uh, methods. Um, do you think that this will have an influence? Is there some kind of pressure that there will be also among um, panel lawyers and uh, panel law professors this change towards increasingly using empirical methods? Um, what I can observe is in my faculty um, is, um, I mean, this was a, well recommended and renowned faculty for teaching 20 years ago, but it changed a lot. So it became much more a scientific law faculty and they got a big, huge, they, uh, uh, big, huge, uh, they, 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 they became members of huge research programs the, in, within the excellence studies and, and special research programs on religion, politics and on literature and crime and things like that. And actually up to then, the only externally funded research that happened, so, so scientific research was um, was in, in criminology, but the attitude changed very much. And so I would say it changed very much with the interna internationalization of law. And they need much more also empirical skills to, to do compare, uh, to, to uh, comparative um, legal studies and so on. And that plays, uh, so this, this um, plays a much bigger role than 30 years ago when, when, when I, I 
40 years ago when I, I started st uh, uh, with, with my law studies. And this is one reason. Also, for in public law or constitutional law, um, th they are working also with um, um, uh, methods from Polsai and, and so on, the political science. And so this this becomes more more, more and more important. And um, now we are we are thinking about um, um, the social and legal consequences of artificial decision making. This some one thing we are thinking about. You can't do it without people from com computer science, also not without um, criminologists and so on and so on, and e e e economists and so. So uh, there is a stronger understanding for interdisciplinarity. Then uh, in the German law, the law for the education of judges and lawyers, there's a requirement uh, that students should be educated, as you mentioned before, even um, sh should be educated, should have an idea, at least an idea, some basic knowledge in the social, um, um, in, 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 in the social, economic, and, and so on roots of of legal decision making, and 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 this is actually uh, my legitimacy for for uh, for. Um, yeah, the legitimacy for the professorial position in a law faculty that there should be somebody who who teach the uh, the, the students about um, yeah the social consequences and the so social um, the, the social roots of delinquent behavior and so on so on and the the, the consequences of of legal interventions into behavior and um, this is a, a second thing but I mean the the attitude changed my faculty is very big so we have. 32 or 33 professors um, the, for German, and um, so they can afford to have a to have a criminologist who's doing only empirical research. He brings in um, research money, which is also good, and so on, so on, so on. Okay. But only one. Uh, it's uh, very difficult. I mean, in England we have also. Um, I mean. Cambridge is famous, but it's affiliated to the law faculty. Sheffield is a good research unit. It's affiliated to the law faculty. But these chronological research units, um, well, they have three, four, five, six, seven professors there, partly full professors, and they have a um, they have not a legal education. They are not trained lawyers. They are trained sociologists and psychologists. This is very different, and this is. I would say impossible in Germany to get more than one professorial or pro, pro, professor professorial equivalent um, position in a in, in, in a law school. So um, we have it at the research institute. Yes, today there are actually only two who are doing so larger research that is. Um, um, the, the 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 one in Hanover and in Freiburg, well, they have had now all the revirement and after the retirement of Hans-Jörg Albrecht and so on, so they, they, they are building up new research areas. We will see in the future how this will develop. But this is, uh, they are capable, they, they have more than one professor equivalent position there. Okay. You talk about these possible new research areas, and you also mentioned that there are new topics which are being increasingly studied also in Germany, for example, the radicalization uh, studies. 
one can expect that there will be some policy influence um, as a result of the studies and, and also the results of these studies uh, with regard to, for example, crime prevention and rehabilitation. What's going to be the role of um, criminology? Because I know that within these fields, highly interdisciplinary fields, also many psychologists and sociologists are uh, studying the same phenomena. How do you see the influence of, of criminology on uh, public policy, for example, uh, developing in the near future? And especially the role of criminology, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about this. I would say, uh, compared to England or UK, I'm not so sure about the United States. I'm, I have no detailed knowledge about that. But I would say compared to UK and so the influence or I, I think also Holland, the influence of criminologists on on governmental decisions is quite low. Also within the police, I mean, there, there are connections, but um, that we can have a strong impact on the research program of the police institutes, I would I would doubt that. What we have is that now we have, as I, I said before, good, quali uh, good qualified young scholars there in leading positions within, within the research units, within the police. And um, so they have a scientific attitude. This is more what uh, um, probably, this is more influential. I mean, we are invited from time to time to to hearings and here and there, and uh, but um, that uh, also the the research on radicalization and uh, extremism was funded uh, by the Ministry of Family and thing or uh, of, of Ministry of the Federal Ministry of Science and so, and um, so there is some interest uh, in, in in doing this, but. Uh, in, in general, I wouldn't say that we have an uh, influential, so that, that we have a strong influence on um, on lawmaking and and executive executive uh, decisions. I mean, in the in the larger, so to speak, in the sense I said it before. So originally, originally traditional um, uh, criminology society uh, in Germany. Uh, it, it's not traditionally anymore. We see that a lot of uh, people who are working in the ministries and the police as academics, as social scientists, as lawyers, um, on, and, and who are in touch with criminological topics, they come to the conferences and so on. Mm -hmm. And um, officially, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say that. And also within the media, I mean, if you have a hot topic, if something happens, a murder or some kids are refugees are raping somebody and so then you, you, you get interviews, but there, there is no demand for uh, a strategic interviewing or strategic media um, reporting, strate strategic analyzing what are we going to do about crime or what are we going to go crime control or things like that. No, it's only um, occasionally, no, it's occasionally and um, um, and uh, if, if 
if there is a certain event, then then they come up and want want to have uh, answers. And the, the the I mean the main request within the last years was on refugees. Hmm? <laughs> Are they going to commit crime and in what <laughs> extent? And 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 of course, um, well. Uh, Islamic uh, radicalization and, and also in the moment it's more on on right wing, mm -hmm. uh, right wing extremist uh, uh, radicalization and so on. Uh, Klaus, for example, when you publish the statistics, uh, for example, in Switzerland in March, they published the federal statistics. Yeah. And systematically, they come to us to uh, to ask for comments on that and how to make the interpretation. And one positive thing, that is one question, but related to that, uh, some of our former students are now at the statistical office and also are producing statistics at the local level, for example, for the country of Vogue. Yeah. And we, I mean, maybe I'm not objective, but we see a real improvement. For example, they want to measure cybercrime in, in a better way. We have uh, yeah. indications on cyber fraud for uh, the canton of Vaux. Does this happen also in Germany or? Uh... It depends. And so I, I would say that, for example, the Institute of Hanover is, um, I mean, by definition, they are doing uh, a fundamental research, but also applied research. So they, they are then more in contact with them. And also and now um, we are happy now that after years and years and years, uh, we have now, um, we will have a regular victim survey. And uh, it's called the German Victim Survey. Also, now they have another. Uh, um, they have another. They changed the the name. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, security and crime in Germany. And um, so and 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 now uh, they they get. The, so uh, I mean they, they must get the, the they must have the budget from the federal government. It, it must be um, incorporated, included in the federal budget budget. And now uh, they will do it every other three years. So, which mm -hmm. is not comparable to the situation uh, in in England and Wales and in Holland, I think, and the the National Crime Victim Survey in the States. But anyway, so and um, when we when they started, I was that that is already twenty years ago. The first ideas, um, then they had a. We had a commission of, um, of, um, yeah, of the federal police and uh, the the ministries, the responsible ministries, and 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 criminologists, and also social scientists, specialists in in sampling and things like that, and um, so and we actually developed together the the questionnaire, and that was also done two or three years ago when when um, they 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 got finally. Uh, we'll finally be able uh, to, um, to to carry out these these large surveys, and um, so yeah. But um, so in in so far there is in 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 certain points we have a cooperation. They ask for our knowledge, and but as as you said as you said it, um, I I observe more. Maybe the influence, not that they ask the university people, but that those people who were qualified in our research programs and our research projects go over and, and, and got the PhD in these, uh, these postdocs, they become professors or 
um, directors of the research units within the police and so on and so on. This may have a stronger influence. Although we also observe, I, I cannot say that for every German state and every German state has a criminal police unit and uh, so a, a state criminal police unit and they have also a research units within that and it depends on how large how big a state is and the, 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 the research unit may be even bigger and um, what um, uh, what 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 we observe also is that the interest in let's say yeah in, in regular criminological research I wouldn't say fundamental research or so um, is is decreasing and actually there's more an instrumental understanding of research so coming up from the leading management uh, so, so the higher management level of police an instrumental understanding so what is the benefit from your research for our crime investigations things like that so and so um, which I would say is totally legitimate because this is police. I mean, general strategic questions have to be done at universities. And this is part of independent research. We are independent observers. And um, also it's getting more and more difficult. I mean, I, I, I'm a bit optimistic in, in what I said before that renowned social scientists cooperate together with chronologists, legal as well, lawyers, working criminology and 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 set up good good research no i mean now the the quality level of empirical research is so high within the last 20 years it's increased so exploded and it's impossible for for somebody who did not who's not trained in this methodological things to get any article published in a recommended international journal or so so um, but um, with good social scientists or psychologists, you can keep this level and can do research on good questions. I mean, lawyers are not bad in conceptual thinking. They're good in conceptualizing, bringing in the ideas. They have probably they are connected to all sorts of practitioners, so they, they, they can bring up relevant questions and they are actually also trained in systematical thinking if, if, if they go over to um, social um, if, if, if they are able and and um, to 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 think in um, in, um, in 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 sociological terms and psychological terms, they can they can can set up good uh, uh, good conceptions and and to especially in cooperation with good analytical social scientists. And this is a little bit my hope. It won't come from the police academies. I mean, we see a little shift now, now to the police academies, also in research and so, because they are capable. And um, this is not only an advantage. It's good that they are doing it because because it becomes more, uh, um, um, so uh, they, they get a more rational basis of police, um, of police tactics and police work. Um, but um, it's not independent in a sense on, and, and uh, it's not on the level of academic university research. Just one thing there, you know, Travis Hirschi, eh? he started his career with, uh, of course, his PhD uh, courses of research, but also there was a book with Selvin about uh, research in criminology, in which they, uh, they criticize mainly the previous research, not only because it was a theoretical, but also because of the primitive methods that they use. 
already in 2004, I had a long talk with uh, Hirsch and he said that book, it would be impossible to, to write nowadays because the, um, the, the statistics have become too sophisticated, which is also uh, the, what you're saying. And um, one of his points, and I remember Hans von Hofer also made this point, is that sometimes we're using very sophisticated uh, analysis for things that sometimes can be seen I'm not saying that everything is like that, but some, some, sometimes a simple correlation analysis would show exactly the same, uh, the same thing. How do you see this, this, this sophistication of research, the, the impact that it can have on criminology and how criminology is understood? Can, can we do something about it? Probably not. This will, will this create like two dead levels of of criminology? No, no, unfortunately, we did not reach the stage here <laughs> up to now. <laughs> and um, no, I would say we have some good, I mean, you know it from the ESC and so, so there is some good research coming from Germany uh, and, and so still. And, um, and also um, methodologically on a high level, but these are all these people who are doing this uh, Either they are social scientists, trained social scientists or behavioral scientists, psychologists, or they are working together with them. Oh. And, um, and, and, and and so far, I'm optimistic. So because we have this cooperation, the demand for 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 criminological research will be always there because uh, we will have crime and, and, and we have will have control problems and so on. So now the big question here is in, in the public discussion, police violence, no? violence against police and violence by police and so and um so we have we'll uh, sort of racial profiling all these things we will have these 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 questions and um i think also the um the, the requirement for international internationally comparable um uh, research will be also there so there, there's and 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 also, I mean, more or less, the 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 the, the requests will go to um, to the um, to uh, the penal sciences. That means within the penal law groups in the universities, because I mean, government officials also like expertise from law schools. <laughs> Because they think they are more reliable. Is in, in a sense, it's, it's it's crazy. Because I mean, why? But um, well, probably they they view us as more conservative and, and not uh, having any extreme position. So that is also probably a, a German tradition. I don't know whether this is the same in Switzerland or in Belgium or so. And, and, they, and they believe so. People from the law schools are more reliable. But then, if they ask me. And, and I see, okay, this is a complicated thing to research. I would always cooperate with social scientists. And not only in, in, in a way that I doing the theoretical stuff and, and you know, the, the, <laughs> the major thinking and they are doing just the, uh, the methodological skills. That's not my way to work together. I mean, we are working on all levels the same. I mean, I, I, as a trained lawyer, you have to be capable um, in, in methodology. 
up to, up to a certain. Otherwise, you don't understand what's going on. So, I, I took so that I, I took a lot of courses in, in methodology and, and, and did it by myself. So, I'm still doing it by myself. This is a this is a basis to to cooperate interdisciplinary. Uh, I see. I see this increasing collaboration between different disciplines also reflected in the journal uh, in the German journals. For example, the Monatshift has an increasing number of quantitative studies as well. Quantitative, quantitative, quantitative empirical theory testing, which yeah. would probably be not have been the case in the 1980s, for example. So there is really um, an, an increasing sense of urgency, I think. Mm, yeah, yeah. That, of course, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's also um, otherwise German criminologists would only publish in English, but there is also uh, a serious amount of uh, quantitative work published in German. So I think that this might influence the way, I mean, also practitioners and, and people who are policymakers get influenced by the work done by yeah. criminologists, which is, I think, very good uh, in the European tradition, because we must always operate on two levels. Internationally, uh, we need to write our publications in English, because otherwise we cannot communicate with each other. But we are also, it's some kind of obligation, we need to inform practitioners and policymakers about criminologically relevant results uh, and, and uh, common mistakes, and therefore we need to publish in, in both native languages and, and in English, for example. So um, yeah. I think this is an, an, an interesting development that probably will reinvigorate the position of an empirical criminology in Germany. You're also referring to the special issues. Now we had a special issue exactly. on rational choice and situational action theory. And also now we will have one on radicalization. We had a special issue on biology. We had biological developments, neuroscientific developments in criminology. We had one on developmental life course uh, criminology. And so, and um, well, uh, these issues benefited also from our connections. So you had and, and other colleagues had in, in, um, to, to, inter to, to our international to the international criminology. So there there were authors from all countries within that, and um, this does not necessarily reflect the German situation because there were a lot of contributions from uh, from from colleagues from other countries but in a way it shows that there is research going on also uh, and that is what I, I, I said before um, actually that is our fortune or kind of, of good luck that some social and behavioral scientists uh, are getting so very qualified ones get interested in, in crime and crime control. Um, and otherwise, I would say, oh, 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 it could be become very ugly within the next, so already now and within the next five, ten years. But in general, you remain optimistic. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a professional optimist. <laughs> I like Genetical. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said optimism is a moral duty. Yeah. I think his name was Karl Popper, by the way. His name was Karl Popper. Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. I was just, I was trying to find, but I couldn't find it, of course. Huh? Uh, but the influence of critical criminology, uh, Fritz Sack, 
he's in he or he was in Hanover. I I think I I may I mentioned he was in he was in Hanover and then he he uh, he became appointed uh, a professor professor of criminology in Hamburg. Then well he initiated the foundation of the Institute of Criminology there right, with its master program. So the core part was a master program, um, um, and also it was um, a program accompanying. So they had a program uh, for professionals accompanying their, uh, how, how, I don't know the expression, job accompanying program. So mm. kind of an evening school or two or three times a week. I don't know. I don't, don't remember exactly. Uh, they, for two years, they had courses um, ah, in, in the evening. And so judges, prosecutors, police, uh, police officers, so on. And a social um, and a probation officers and um, the social workers, so, so who were working in the juvenile court, and they, they could get there a um, so continuing education. And that was in Hamburg then. Because that I, was in Hamburg, and from there he tried. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Because I was thinking, which was the influence? For example, in in some countries where, like for example, Argentina, that I know well, eh, um, mm. the still critical criminology, sort of Marxist critical criminology, is still very present. Eh? But this creates, uh, um, you mentioned before, the public that has become maybe more conservative. Eh? This mm. creates uh, like a separation between the um, academic discourse um, about crime as a social construction and. The, yeah, yeah. And the feeling of the people, because uh, the, the problem uh, is that, um, as, as victimization surveys shown, eh, that uh, yeah, crime affects a lot the the um, the classes, the, the the working classes, and, and the classes that are not in a very good socioeconomic position. Um, and there is some kind of yeah of division of of the the academic discourse uh, separation. It's interesting what you mentioned about the night school because. Yeah, then there was some uh, more strong connection with the real world. Mm. In other countries, this created and also it affected the credibility of criminology uh, on policymakers because the, um, we, the, they would always come with a critique of what you were doing, but not a real alternative unless changing the world, huh? which is something that we cannot do from academia. I don't know if this, this also happened in Germany or yeah, it was, of course, um, the critiques were more academic and theoretically, they didn't have big research projects. And also, I mean, it's always a question. I mean, I'm not uh, ideological on the question whether do it quantitative or qualitative. It's a, it's a matter of, of what you want to investigate. And if you can do it quantitatively, do it quantitatively because it's more representative. You can better generalize. And um, in science, we need general. Uh, we, we need the generalization for for our findings and and so on. And, and but I, I'm personally I'm I'm a friend of combining both because as we know in quantitative research, um, you you you're always more superficial than you can be after in-depth interviews and so and the, the com combination there are good examples for combining both methods but um, 
well, they were not so much in, in Hamburg, they were much, not so much on quantitative research. They didn't have uh, larger, long lasting research projects in which you can qualify um, in, uh, also uh, the, the uh, future scholars and future academics. That was not the, the, the case. And, um, and so also, as I see, not many, even <laughs> perhaps two or three um, professors who came out of this school, mm. this institute, and that's not very much. And But that is not only there, I mean also in the other German institutes, so the qualification rate of professors, the promotion rate of professors is very low. And um, so I would say um, that um, looking for the consequences of um, of social control, uh, the effects of sanctioning, and so this is actually common sense today. So it's only this. Um, what we have in cultural criminology doesn't play as though in Hamburg they are thinking about these things. Um, and the group is very small. This society is also now quite small and um, and also, our, but other topics like green criminology or state crime, crime of the powerful, organized crime is not so developed. So we have some research on economic crime, corporate crime, but this comes also not from there. That mm. comes from, from well, from criminologi criminologists like me. Um, I, I, I would never say, well, I'm a critical criminologist or I'm a more constructivist and so because, you know, as a scientist, I have to be critical uh, from the beginning. I mean, this is the this is a sense of science to be critical. And this, I mean, I, I understand, I, I understand the self, um, if the self indication of a critical because you can understand it, it was the 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 um, the opposite program to these conservative traditional criminologists, and so this is, this is understandable. But scientifically, I would never call myself like a critical criminologist. So um, it's like a euphemism, or so. And um, yeah, but um, I, I mean, this perspective that you have to look at the consequences of. Um, of sanctioning, of police control, this is also among the regular institutes. I mean, Bochum, for example, in, in police science, exactly. in, in a traditional sense, this is critical criminology, but what uh, Thomas Feltes did partly and Tobias Singelschein is doing and so. Yeah, it has been absorbed, let's say, by the main current of criminology. I have just one more. Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. You were going to say something. Sorry. Yeah, for the publications, um, I would say a big disadvantage in Germany is that we have uh, um, not enough publications in English and in, in, in international journals. And it improved a bit and became better. Um, but this is one of the disadvantages. And um, it has also to do or the, the legal um, uh, dominance within criminology. You know? Scholars who come from social science and behavioral science, today they 
write the youngsters. They want to write in international journals. I do not have to motivate them and, and stimulate them. So, but um, yeah, this is one disadvantage. But maybe it becomes better. I mean, this is funny. So my my law colleagues in the law uh, in the law school, in the law faculty, many of them write in 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 international American English law journals. No, they have an LLM from Harvard, from Cambridge, but so on. And so mm. I have one last question and then uh, for which is, is specific about this. We were, we were talking about critical criminology. Alessandro Barata, no? because mm -hmm. yeah, he, and also that makes a link between uh, Germany and Italy. He moved to Italy to Germany. And I was wondering because the, the mainly when you talk with the Italian criminology, they talk, they don't talk about him, and in Germany they don't talk about him either. And in general, but it's quite funny because his book on critical criminology it was only published once in Italy, but in Latin America it's reprinted almost every year. So I wrote a very critical article about that book, about explaining it. I think it was a fair uh, critic, and uh, mm -hmm. in 2005, I didn't win a lot of um, friends with that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, they stopped inviting me for some time. But it would, this also created a nice debate with Elena Larrauri, who answered and I answered back. And now I, I have submitted something more because in Brazil there was a lot of discussion about that. I was just wondering what what was the Barata? Did he play a role in Germany, or was well, he? I, I I know him. I I know that he was in the Saarland, no? um, in Saarbrücken also. And um, well, he was not so influential. I mean, probably that was also um, well. Why is critical criminology not so influential in Germany? I mean, the, the, we have not a book on critical criminology. Yeah. Probably it, it is today. It's also out of time. Um, I, I would say because it's also. I mean, this is also an ideological debate. I'm a scientist, <laughs> and, exactly. and, and, and I'm not an ideologist. And um, but I, I understand why this ideological discourse, or why it was necessary to to do this discourse also in ideological terms because it was so uh, difficult to get a position and to get to, to, to get a stance in, 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 in the scientific discourse and the criminal policy discourse um, as somebody who was not in the the offender uh, conservative uh, offender criminology tradition of uh, the conservative tradition of uh, offender criminology but this changed today you know? also mm -hmm. Fortunately, uh, this is a good thing that um, today, I mean, I think it's impossible to think about crime without thinking about crime control. Yeah, exactly. Now, that is for me the, the main criteria of a modern criminology. Mm. That you have that you have to look at both. Oh, yeah, of course, you have to study the etiology and the societal reaction. In a scientific way, at least to yeah. learn that, uh, what's effective, what what isn't, and what we can do about it, what drives, uh, and so on. So and, 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 and the second point, I would say the dynamics. No, I mean all the the old theories that was also become one was unable to to investigate this. One thought, yeah, development and dynamics plays a role, but actually most. Um, empirical research was on was 
cross-sectional and was mm -hmm. static and so but today i mean we can talk much in a, in a much different way a much more sophisticated way because of the, the life course technology uh, mm -hmm. about dynamic developments now and um I really think it's interesting as an example of what happened because, of course, Barata never translated his book to Germany, to German, mm -hmm. although he was there. But in the book, he takes an idea from Fritz Sack that there has been a scientific revolution in terms of uh, Kuhn, of course, and that the old criminology was dead and uh, there was a new criminology there. Eh? But uh, when you look at what happened, indeed, it's much more the Popperian way of thinking. So, of course, there was at that moment something new and mm. then we integrated and now we have a more richer, uh, richer science, which yeah. has included that. But they were very radical about the idea. I mean, when you s mainly the book of Barata is in 1982, many of the ideas come from the new criminology. Eh? Uh, yeah. And so it's a, a critique of everything that was before. Not, nothing was enough, only mm. Marxist, and then we will change the world. Yeah. But it's very funny how now we integrated all this and we have like a common ground. Of course, there are ideological debates and they will always be, I think. Yeah? But uh, yeah, I think it's also a sign of the times of how people uh, thought maybe in the 70s that there was going to be a huge change. And you think of society nowadays with all the restrictions that we have. I mean, yeah. You were young in the in the you 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 were there by the yeah I did my first teaching in uh, at at Fritzak Institute no so but, my uh, he they asked me to introduce uh, um, their students in 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 the methods of quantitative criminology but, but <laughs> also the fact that you live the sixties and the seventies did you ever think that the world would become what it has become nowadays that in the period of Peace, love, freedom. Eh? What's the one thing on peace, love, and freedom is harmony. But the other thing we had, uh, we had a strong um, and usually ideological and contradictionary struggles. And most discussions went contradictionary, and they went also exclusive. Um, you know, they are the uh, critical criminologists. They are the traditionalists, and so on, so on, so on. And this is actually it was the. Um, well, the cooptation of a, a political style of discourse into science and um, in, in the academic discourse, uh, which is not very fruitful. I mean, uh, makes some sense in the political area to make to make the positions, the different positions clear, what conservatives say and these and them and them. But in, 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 in the academics, I mean, we have we have different questions. And uh, and and at least, um, uh, well, all uh, we, we we have to 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 falsify our hypothesis, and um, and um, it's not that we have ideas and say, okay, I do not empirical investigate it, and um, it, it doesn't matter what the empirical investigation <laughs> brings up. <laughs> the main thing is that my idea is a good idea, and I love my idea, <laughs> and um, so uh, I mean. Think about um, the main results. The one, one of the most important results in, in developmental criminology is the, the thing of desistance. Mm -hmm. That even intensive offenders, chronics, can desist from crime. 
and the 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 the, the opposite uh, uh, hypothesis is no, we have life course persistence, and life course persistence is by now falsified. Um, so Terry Moffat's position, I, I would say, uh, against the background of all this empirical research and this trajectory analysis. But think about that; it would have turned out that intensive offenders go on in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. What can you say? And probably it would be biologically, um, uh, it would be mainly biologically determined. And so, well, then we would have another criminology. And as a scientist, I would have to say that if I find that. Reliably and robustly. And uh, of, of course, I wouldn't like that. But it would mean that probably we, we, we would need probably kinds of incapacitation. I just think that, I mean, the renewed interest in life course criminology um, is not only a good thing for nuancing um, all other previous findings, like the discussion between um, Moffat and, and Samson, for example, but also the possibility for reintroducing biology and what biologists know by now um, is that it's not so deterministic after all. So uh, I think there's been a lot of misunderstanding and probably that has to do with historical reasons of the, the Nazi period and so on. Biology has never been destiny and, and the more we know about genetics, the, know, the more we see that it's not uh, destiny at all, except for some, some some exceptions which are out of the field of criminology. So um, I think this life course um, paradigm, if I can call it a paradigm in a Kuhnian uh, interpretation, is going to be there for a while because it's an umbrella uh, and it's possible of reuniting different uh, traditions which once were opposite. Um, so yeah, the, there are good perspectives, I guess. Uh, also yeah. for German criminology, because you have, at least in contrary to the Belgian situation, you have um, a couple of um, nice longitudinal projects, which are pr pretty difficult to get funding for. Mm. So, um, and this is, I think, what we need. You were right when you said many studies were just professional. And I think there's going to be a, an increasing difference in, in, in the production of criminological results between countries and, and especially between those who are able to have the long-term view and, and long-term data collection um, mm -hmm. versus the ones who do not succeed in, in getting funding for these longitudinal projects. So in my view, this is a positive uh, evolution for German criminology. The, uh, the fact that you were able to include and strongly include the, the life course paradigm. Now, yeah. Um, also, the one thing is conceptually, the life course paradigm allows um, to, to investigate whether we are, we are acting and developing on, on, on early required, uh, early acquired, early acquired states. A psychological and biological states and so genetical uh, um, gen genetical uh, a certain genetical disposition or whether there's change mm -hmm. um, all, all over the, the life course and change means it's bad, bad for prediction <laughs> but good for intervention and 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 for supporting change uh, 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 um, 
different developments in, in, in the life course. And um, I mean, it, it, it started etiologically you know, with, with the Glucks and so, and, and they had a typical etiological position. Göppinger, when he did um, the, the research, which was, um, well, was quite similar in, in a certain sense. So, so um, the role, the tubing, a longitudinal study by, done by Göppinger, the role model for that, the model for that was also the Glück study in a certain sense. But um, they, they were actually focused on personality and if not on biological disposition, personality disposition. So, and it turned out it was more the social factors were much more important. And, but they were never interested in the effects of control interventions and what we saw in the last 10 years, I mean labeling, the real test of labeling hypothesis has been done within the last 10, 15 years with longitudinal studies because methodologically they are the only, the only data which, which you can do a quasi-experimental um, uh, investigation of, um, of sanctioning effects and you can do it quite reliable. So from there we know um, that uh, sanctions are less deterrent, then they are more crime promoting in a, if you want in a labeling sense and so on and so on. So uh, that was absolutely unexpected by the founding fathers of longitudinal research that uh, uh, that, that, that panel studies would um, in, in the end uh, would would confirm to, to a certain extent um, the uh, labeling assumptions, for example. No? critical assumptions. And um, so in, in so far, I, I would say, you mentioned the, the bi biological thing. What I observed, there is a, not so much in Europe, but in, in America, I, I would say there's a renaissance of biological positions. And what I see there is that they are very ideological, these colleagues, so of the debates they had. Mm -hmm. In 2014, there was a big debate in, in, in criminology that was upheated. Um, and that was, um, I mean, it's interesting to look for the biological basis of aggression. Let, in the end, it's aggression, what we are talking about, aggressive behavior. And so I, there won't be a, a, um, a, 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 a theft gene or a vandalism gene. It's, uh, we are talking about aggression and how to control aggression. This is interesting, I think, to look at. And um, also, as, I've, as far as I observe this area, we see that the um, that the development of change, as so the development over time and the change over time, is also now a big topic in in neuroscience and the plasticity of the development of, of neural systems and so and, and the brain, the plasticity of the brain, mm -hmm. and we see that um, the changes in the environment are reflected in our neuronal um, uh, system, and so this is very interesting. I think yeah. interesting developments. I think biosocial criminologists should just read the real biology stuff outside <laughs> biosocial criminology because there you, you read other uh, stuff. Yeah, 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 I know. They, I mean, they, they won't say, as, as far as I see it, and um, they won't say that 50% of human behavior is determined by the genes. Yeah, interpretations are sometimes difference. I mean, when people talk about heritability, it's talking about explaining differences, but you also need to explain changes. And 
the fourth law of behavioral genetics is that it's many, many thousands of genes causing small, small effects. So that actually, the more we know about genes, the more we see the importance of the environment. But anyhow, there's this contradiction, and and, and now I'm going back to also the, the history of German criminology and, and also uh, continental uh, Europe. Despite the fact that it started out pretty deterministic, still it was used as a means to change people. So this is a contradiction in terminus. I mean, if you believe that uh, some factors are kind of like um, determining you, still they used it, especially the social defense movements, to prevent and to rehabilitate. So maybe their ideas were wrong, but they were meant in a way to prevent crime. So this, <laughs> I've always found this very contradictive, um, even if something is determined or predetermined, still they use it to change people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But um, I mean, predetermined means, you mean genetically, biologically predetermined or so? For example, that frontal cortex is larger than your amygdala or so yeah, on, so on, the, the also, ratio. And, but but um, I mean, it depends then in, in the research of Richard Tremblay, no? He says, in contrast to Bandura's um, ideas, um, aggression is not learned. We bring aggression with us, which is actually, so I, I would say the psychoanalytical position that, the, the, that you bring the aggression by birth with you. And then it depends on, in, in, in Richard Tremblay's uh, notion, it depends on the social environment, whether mm -hmm. this potential to more or less aggressive becomes more social, not only socially acceptable, but also uh, can can play a creative role in the social factory, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, this is uh, actually what socialization makes. It socializes a, a, a given biological predisposition. We have the understanding all people are good when they when when when, when they are born. Good in a sense, they're not aggressive, they're peaceful, which is actually not true. Mm -hmm. And but this is an understanding of our our drives and our um, yeah, our biological drives uh, that um, th they are good and bad drives, which is completely wrong. I mean, uh, aggressive can be very aggression can be very functional, mm -hmm. and uh, anxiety can be very functional in certain yeah. situations. It's it's bad not to have it. The, the question is what we actually learn is to use these capabilities, these uh, biological capabilities, to use it in a rational and reasonable way in, in different uh, environments. And one environment is our social environment. The most important, probably, is um, to, to use it. And uh, another thing is, I mean, if, if you have a certain disposition, you are better educated, it will be reinforced, of course. I think it's a very nice discussion eh, with that we ended up uh... But, but one, one thing is, I mean, what so where you see when it becomes ideologically is when certain parts of criminologists or colleagues and so they deny to talk about the neuroscience or mm -hmm. biology or they only talk about it in order to abzuwehren, we would say in German. Also, uh, it's all about context. I would advise everybody who's interested in, in these things to, to read Robert Sapolsky's book on, on behave. This is, I mean, no biosocial criminologist refers to it, but this is really 
I mean, he's a primatologist. He knows about evolution. He knows about mm-hmm. yeah. science. It could really influence this life course paradigm in a very positive way. And it also, I mean, mean a lot for those who interpret different factors in the wrong way. It's all about context in the end. Multiple genes um, turn out in interaction with multiple environments. So reality will be too too difficult anyway to, to have the definitive model. But I think at least um, you, you have good prospects empirically. Um, it's a huge difference. This is a huge difference between the situation in Germany and in Belgium where we still lack these long-term um, longitudinal projects. And you can actually combine, like you said, uh, traditional or more traditional and more critical perspectives. I think this is really the future. And then, of course, the, the comparability of findings across settings. So there's a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the funding, no? uh, the big advantage here is the German Research Foundation and um, that we are in, in one person uh, applying for applicants. We are applicants for for funds and we are also reviewer, reviewers of uh, fund applications. No? Mm-hmm. And so this is completely, so the, the core is organized by scientists and not by non-scientific uh, governmental persons. No? And the, 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 the final decisions are all um, um, done by people from the scientific community. And we are also electing no? um, the commissions. So all postdocs can, who are re- in research units and who are in the universities elect the scientific commissions of the German research foundation, um, which decide about this is a big advantage. So my experience, my personal experience is that this um, procedure is very fair. So there will no longer be any excommunications like in the period of the Methodenstreit. There is some discussion about in, in, in sociology now about this again, I heard, but I'm not so familiar with that. I, I can't say that. I mean, also for criminologists, maybe one advantage is we belong to the, um, they have sections, different sections for neuroscience, for medicine, for internal, for surgery, for sociology, for social psychology, whatsoever. And they have one for law and criminology is within law. Yeah, exactly the same in Belgium. And they have two, the, the two, um, and the, they have a commission for law. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the system runs like this. So if, if you um, hand in a, a proposal, a proposal um, it goes to um, uh, an, uh, anonymous uh, reviewers. And they they, 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 they they write a review or expertise, whatsoever, whatever you call it. And then the commission gets it the law commission, the, the commission of the law section. And this is um, put together by public lawyers, civil lawyers, penal lawyers, uh, historians, so uh, history of law and so on, so on, so on. And two criminologists are in there, two of 12. And well, maybe that um, then the criminologists say, well, this is convincing, it's not convincing what the reviewers wrote and what the proposal is about. And the other faculties, the, the, the lawyers, the civil lawyers are always complaining that criminologists are so expensive, but up to now it worked out. So okay, I don't know if we have anything else that we didn't cover, Levin. Uh, I think we have um, managed. Okay, one point about teaching. Um, your idea of teaching is, is there a special master program and so on and so on. Um, what all of 
all criminologists, I would say, now as professors in law schools, maybe 20 or 30 or so, and more or less criminologists. And, um, but what they all do is teaching law students. So the, my, my main clients are law students. Mm-hmm. I, I have some, we have a cooperation with psychology. So some of our law students can go to psychology, can do a course there. And psychologists can do a, um, a, a course, an advanced course in my program. And, um, but this is very important. I mean, um, uh, so law students become judges today. They, they have good job opportunities in Germany, fantastic uh, job uh, opportunities um, compared to 20 years ago. And they become lawyers, they become judges, prosecutors and so. And it's very important that they are, they can choose two semesters for one year criminology. And this, um, and this makes up 20, uh, at the moment still 30% of their final final mark, examen mark. So, and this is also in teaching, I, I would say, well, we can have special programs for masters and so on and so on, then they have 30 or 50 or 60, 80 students. But um, so in the, inter, in the basic course, introduction chronology is, I have 600 students per year. Mm-hmm. And um, not in the special course, this is also 150, uh, yeah, something like 150, 200 per year, 200. And um, who specialize in that later on in the advanced studies, legal studies. But um, in, in the beginning, well, they get some idea that probably the word can be seen differently. And you mentioned at one point the state law exam. Why is it that so important? And what is the state law exam? Don't you have it in Switzerland? Yeah, I think I know, but you, I want you to explain it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the state law what, exam. Well, that that means it, um, also it, it's not a university degree, and um, we have mixed commissions of practitioners, judges, mainly yeah. judges, prosecutors, um, governmental officials, and um, also from from the administration, administrative lawyers, and uh, also from the yeah penal lawyers, so but whatsoever law offices and um, these commissions are, are mixed together and um, they are actually they are part of the Supreme Court it's under the supervision of the Supreme Court but this is a, a, an exam to become a lawyer no um, if you also we have first and second so this silly German system after the university degree you do a first state exam that is uh, based on, on 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 the knowledge you you gained um, through university training but this is already a state exam so and um, they have to write um, six or six tests five hours and then they have and then 30 percent comes from the university part as they're specializing within the last two years of, of the university and um, another part is the oral exam in the end the oral exam and all these uh, these tests they have to write is in in the main main subjects it's civil law public law and um and uh, penal law and we don't have that in switzerland it's uh, no. every Every state, every uh, canton, uh, every land that it would be, has its own. Uh, you uh, have okay. its own system. Yeah. You you finish the university in the German part. If you want to become a professor, you have the habilitation after yeah. the PhD. 
Okay. But mm -hmm. in the Swiss part, there is no, uh, uh, it has not been federalized. You okay. get it from your, uh, I thought you were talking about the sort of bar exam. Yeah, and yeah. And exam. after the first exam, uh, you have actually no, um, no professional uh, qualification. Yeah. And um, which is actually a big problem then. Well, actually, you're a master of law. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't do anything with it. You can't become a lawyer and so because you have now to have this practical training, this two year what we call referendariat, so this two two year practical training internships and, and, and you go from civil law to penal law, also from a civil court to penal court to prosecution to uh, in, in administration, police or uh, construction administration whatsoever and um, health offices, what, what, wherever they need lawyers. It's also a federal exam. And yeah. then and then after that you have the second exam and the second state exam, the, they call it the, the great uh, state examination. And um, this is actually mainly 90% um, done by, by practitioners. Okay. But also you have to write tests, then the oral exam, and you have to, uh, to, to, to give a talk uh, on, a, on a certain case. Usually you get a case and you have to talk about it. And that is also a federal exam? No, under federal law. Uh, but federal it's, law, okay. Yeah. yeah, but it's carried out within each state, not even each state, uh, within the, dist uh, the district of each um, state superior court. Okay. They do it. And then after that, you can do everything. You can become a lawyer, a judge, a prosecutor, whatsoever. Anywhere in Germany. Yeah, then the world is open to you. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a very different system. In Switzerland, it's only the secondary school, like high school. There is a federal exam called Maturité. It's mm -hmm. And you go to university, but then it has not been unified. Maybe it's a matter of languages too, right? that we will have to deal with three different languages. I don't know, but uh, it's, it's interesting to see how it is organized differently. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they call it in German Volljurist, no? After the two exams, you are Volljurist. And then actually, I have the qualification for being a judge because I did both exams. So. Ah, okay, okay. Okay, thank you very much. Or, or, or um, um, a defense lawyer, no? Yeah. Only, but only with this qualification. And the funny thing is, um, I'm, I mean, you have to be uh, appointed to the um, lawyer's chamber. They have a chamber, so to, to call yourself a Rechtsanwalt and so on, a lawyer, advocate. As a university professor, you're allowed to be a defense lawyer without appointment. Okay, well, uh, I think we did a nice interview. So it took two hours. Eh? As, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's good, it's good because we have the time to talk, to discuss without, yeah. uh, and then we can edit it in uh, in a small pieces and then have someone can have the, the full playlist. We'll do that yeah. during the summer. Ah, good. No, it was nice to talk to you. Thank you for following Liven and Marcelo's Criminology Podcast. This podcast is edited by Eduardo Coco from the University of Lausanne. Our theme song is Seagull's Night, Noche de Gaviotas, composed by Gustavo Cantero, arranged by Tato Germano, and played by Tato and Gustavo with the voices of Sasha Conte and Alejandro Turco Gujot. Your hosts are Lieben Powells from Ghent University in Belgium 
and Marcelo Aedi from the University of Lausanne, Switzerland. Cheers and see you soon.